This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, this is Jen Pilcher, Navy spouse of 23 years. And when I'm not helping military spouses connect in our digital community, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today we're asking the question, what should you do with your tax refund? Can you say new TV or maybe one of those iPhone XL super mega deluxes? Well, let's introduce some people who might have different boring opinions on what to do with your tax refunds. I really want that phone, Joe. Anyway, please welcome the host of the Seven Figures podcast and co-host of Rochester, New York's 98.9 Breakfast Buzz, Sandy Waters. And from this here podcast, OG. And finally, from Afford Anything, Paula Pant. Plus, Looking to change careers into something that's a better fit? This week, instead of Friday FinTech, we'll talk to Mark Elliott from TIAA about a partnership they formed with LinkedIn to help you build a stronger career. And finally, we'll take out the Magnify Money Glass to help Austin, who has some questions about paying down student loans versus investing for retirement. And now, the guy who has already blown his refund on a board game table so much worse than a phone. Joe Saul, see hi. It is. It's like the fourth quarter this week. Hey, everybody. I am Joe Saul, see hi. Average Joe Money on Twitter. And welcome back to another Friday episode of the Stacky Benjamin Show. And across the table from me, prepared as always, it's my good friend OG. Oh, I'm full of technology today. I've got my iPad set up correctly, have my phone. A glass of water or vodka. I don't know which. I'm I'm ready to go. I got my sticky note of the uh, scores of the of the trivia. So I'm I'm ready to rock you, and roll. You are all set. And somebody else who's ready to roll because she partied all weekend like a rock and roll star. It's our good friend from Afford Anything, Paula Pant. I actually watched the Super Bowl. Well, technically, I watched the commercials. So uh, I did a thing. Aren't you proud? <laughs> a cultural thing. That's, that's fantastic. A cultural thing. And she's, yes. and she's a thing that normal human beings do. I did that. She's so happy that the North Carolina Wildcats pulled it out. <laughs> and here to save the show this week from the Seven Figures podcast. It's about time we got her back here. It's our good friend Sandy Waters. Yay. Hi. It's How about, is everyone? Well, I'm fantastic, but you know, it's it's funny. I thought you didn't want to come back on the show because literally your email blocks me. 
It really does. I have email bouncers and for some reason it won't let you through. I don't know why. <laughs> it, it just, it's like that suspicious guy from St- Stacking Benjamins, whatever. You're out of here. It, it really is bizarre. I even set up a brand new email account just for you. Isn't that nice? That's yeah. how, Paula, how come you haven't done that for us? Um, it's called, uh, I have a job at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy, I love the seven figures podcast. Tell everybody the craziness that you guys get into there. Well, thank you very much, by the way. It pales in comparison to you and Paula's and, oh, and, there you and go. everybody, but I try. Our goal on the seven figures podcast is just to reach that point where you feel financially confident because there's so many women and I've been there too, where you feel intimidated by the numbers. Math was never my forte. I don't like numbers. Finances and the lingo kind of intimidate me too. But then I thought, hey, listen, let's just try to learn this, right? Let's at least have some knowledge of what's going on. And there are so many great people like both you guys, Paula and Joe, you guys have been on our podcast. There's so many people that are willing to give advice and it's really not as scary as it seems. So that's what we try to do. Break down the walls and just give you that financial confidence. I love it how it's a fun, no judgment zone. We're all learning together place. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Tons, tons of fun. Well, we're so happy you're here. Now you said that the math intimidates you. Does the grammar intimidate you too? Honestly, yes, it all does. I don't have a financial background. I mean, I was raised with a very, um, I don't want to say strict dad, but strict dad. He was all about the finances and the budget and don't you ever dare get into debt. And so I followed the financial rule book, but it was kind of intimidating. And then I said, well, you know what? We can talk about it in more simpler terms. I feel like women talk about finances in a different way. It's not as hard. It doesn't have to be intimidating, right? But but sometimes do the terms escape you, like the terms that you should be using? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just talk in like normal people talk. <laughs> OG is cracking up here because I have to say thanks to Grammarly for supporting Stacking Benjamins. Sandy's taking me really seriously. and I'm just trying to read the sponsors. <laughs> You're trying to get to the next thing. You have to, a... Oh, you are? Well, what the hell? Why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> even even Paul is just sitting there going, this is a crazy transition, but okay. okay. You know what? I'm done. You guys are awesome. <laughs> But, but I'm glad you did it. Actually, that was great radio. But anyway, better. yes, fantastic. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, Sandy, clear, and effective. You can start writing confidently by going to Grammarly.com forward slash SB to get 20% off a Grammarly premium account today. How great is that? I am not saying a word for the rest of the podcast. I think I did enough talking, and I am humiliated now. Thank you. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to... I didn't mean to humiliate you. I, I I thought that was all fantastic stuff. By the way, thanks to On Deck also for supporting Stacking Benjamins. If you're a small business owner and need a capital, well, On Deck can help with over $10 billion in loans and an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. On Deck's a lender you can trust. Find out more at ondeck.com slash SB. We got a great show. We got Sandy Waters here with us. Woo! It's time to get the party started. Hello, darlings. And now, it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins Headlines. And thank you to Sandy for making sure everybody knows just how bad my transitions suck. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) 
<laughs> nice work. Our piece today comes to us from The Balance. There's this writer at The Balance named Paula Pant. I'm not quite sure who that is. Jeez, sounds like they'd hire anybody. Just anybody these days. Uh, make... Take some rando off the street. <laughs> like you, you can write about money. Yeah. Oh, you were on the Stacky Benjamin show? Why don't you come write? Yeah. <laughs> make your tax refund work for you. Five great uses for your tax refund. I want to go over this because people are just starting to maybe in the next week get their tax refunds back. Let's help people do something better this year with their tax refunds than in the past. Because I guess we'll start with you, Paula, since you're the author of this piece. A tax refund isn't free money. It was your money to start with. Exactly. There are many people who try to optimize around not getting a tax refund. Because if you think about it, having a tax refund means that over the course of the past year, you've given the government an interest-free loan. So there are a lot of people who will as best they can, try to optimize around not getting one. That being said, if a tax refund is a automated source of savings for you, then heck, that interest-free loan that you gave the government might be a way that you could force yourself to save more than you otherwise would have. So you just have to know what works for you. Sandy, we've got five of them here. Pay down debt, save for college, build your emergency fund, invest for retirement. Any of those you like better than the other? Oh my God. I love them all. (laughs) I really do. When you get, and I, there are some people that they see this tax return as a small windfall, right? Of money. They're like, Oh my gosh, what do I do with it? What do I buy? Bring yourself back down and think about those things that Paula cited in the article. I mean, the debt is the biggest one, right? Just pay it off wherever you can earn money. If it is your tax return or a bonus or whatever, Wipe that debt clean because it's such an amazing feeling, right? When you don't have that debt hanging over your head. Would that's you, my favorite, I guess. Well, yeah. Would you say that's step one or is the emergency fund step one? It, let's say that you've got none of these yet. Which one do you do first? Well, I know that's tough. I would say debt, especially if there's high interest. Chop away at it. Don't chip away at it. Chop away at it as much as you can because nothing will bring you more joy or satisfaction is being financially free. So even the littlest windfall from $100 will make such an impact long-term. Yeah, I love that. OG, you, working with lots of people, have seen people do some bizarre things, I'm sure, with their tax refund check. Oh, gosh. My favorite is a person I know intimately well who will remain nameless. It's not you, of course, but somebody else. Thank you. Who called me from... Daytona Beach because they went to Disney because they got a huge tax refund of $11,000 and they were out of money and needed gas to get home. And I said, how did you, I don't, I don't follow any of what you just said when they told me this story. Like none of this is lining up. This has got to be on candid camera. And it wasn't unfortunately. So Gosh, the, the 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 dumbest thing out of all this is to do something like that, right? To go take something that, Paula, like you said, it was your money anyway, but now you're going to go take it and turn it into something really dumb, like a down payment on a car or a vacation or something like that. Pay off the debt. I like the idea of starting a business with it, the kind of the last thing on the list, or using that as a lump sum to jump into something else that's going to produce ongoing income. So maybe it's the down payment on a rental property, or maybe it's a 
the the necessary investment to to start your side hustle or something like that, something that you could turn a lump sum into an ongoing thing. But if all else fails, gosh, I love paying off debt too because there's just something about taking a big uh, a big swipe at something that you owe a whole bunch of money to and just and watching that go away. Paula, I've seen side businesses become not only people's primary mode of earning money in the future, but also be a great retirement savings vehicle, right? They sell the business and that ends Mm -hmm. up giving them a lot of money that becomes retirement. So invest for retirement versus start a side business. Which one of those do you like better with a tax refund? What I would say is if you're going to start a side business, don't overly invest in it before you have some type of proof of concept. So if you're going to start some sort of a side business, see if you can sell a few units of that service or that product. And if you get that proof of concept, then, and you know that there is a paying customer base out there, then it makes sense to invest more money there. You should have at least some baseline minimum that you contribute to retirement accounts every year, whether that's a 401k or an IRA, that regardless of how much you're putting into uh, your own business, you're diversifying and you're hedging your risks by also having these more traditional retirement savings or conventional retirement savings, I should say. Another one on here, Sandy, is saving for college. And I know because I've seen some hilarious YouTube videos with you and your kids or Facebook videos or something (laughs) where you guys are having some awesome conversations where you're basically embarrassing your kids. But saving for college, is this a great time to start getting started with uh, your 529 plan? Uh, Yeah, I really I'm a firm believer in that you should try to help your kids out with colleges. I know a lot of people believe that they should have skin in the game. And I agree with that. But the best thing that my parents ever did for me is to allow me the opportunity to walk out of college debt free. And that set me up for future success. So I want to try as much as I can. I know it's tough for a lot of people. And I'll be honest with you, my husband and I, we make we earn a very modest income and we're able to do it. So you can you can find that money to put towards college. I think it is so important. Let's do a different one. I gave Paula side business and retirement. Let's take retirement and college. You can do one of those two. Which one comes first? Uh, well, you got to take care of yourself first. <laughs> Can't always count on the kids to take care of you. No, yeah, I would say retirement once you have that debt paid off, the emergency fund, the retirement, then you can go to the kids. I mean, if you can do all of it at the same time is ideal. Not everybody can stretch it, you know, that thin. But yeah, as much as you can, the kids. But you're right. I would probably say retirement first. You mentioned earlier, OG, this $11,000 tax refund which sounds like a fantastic time blowing 11 grand at Disney. I'm in. But is $11,000 too big of a tax refund? I mean, should we try not to get that? Well, yeah, it's too big. I mean, unless <laughs> unless something happened, you know, throughout the year that caused that uh, business sale of some kind or something, uh, you know, some kind of weird complex tax issue that resulted in your favor at the end of the year. But if this is just a normal... W-2 withholdings and you're just over withholding either because you can't convince yourself that you should keep that extra thousand dollars a month in your own pockets uh, on, a, on a monthly basis and instead give it to the government or because you just didn't take the time to sit down and do the calculation, you know, that's too much. 
I like plus or minus a thousand bucks. Nobody likes writing a check at the end of the year, but if you're within a thousand dollars, I kind of feel like that's, that's about right. How do you work on that? You, you just play with the software you're using? Well, there's a lot of tools. All the tax preparation places now offer free services. I know like Mint and, and Intuit, of course, are tied together. Now, Mint's owned by the company that also owns TurboTax. So throughout the year, they'll give you updates about your withholding and things like that if you kind of enable some of those things. And then the IRS has a free calculator too, where anytime through the year, you just take your last pay stub and you just work through the questions that it asks you. It takes 10 minutes and it tells you, here's what we think your refund might be or here's what we think you might owe. And I think the the search term there at the irs.gov website is just W4 calculator. Paula, you ever do something uh, fun and totally irresponsible with a tax refund? Ooh. No, I don't think I have. Uh, <laughs> that is so I've... disappointing. Yeah. Said, ooh. Did you say ooh like, oh. Wait a minute. Let me see what I would do. (laughs) Yeah. No, well, I was thinking about it because I haven't had W-2 income other than working for myself in a decade. And so making estimated tax payments as business owner, estimated quarterly tax payments, I screw that up all the time. I've had penalties and I've also had exorbitant refunds. And I'm like, well, screwed it up again this year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> swing and a miss again exactly yeah i've i have to say i've had those too i bought a computer that specifically i thought sandy was for you know supposedly was for doing my work in school but it was really to play uh video games back in the day uh, uh. yeah did that with a tax <laughs> refund you do anything fun with a tax refund that you totally would take back oh my gosh i'm like paula uh no i was always smart with my money. Boring. I know. <laughs> I'm the only one. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I want to ask OG that question. But uh, Yeah, don't ask me that question. Yes, yes. He's like, my $11,000 trip to Disney was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> Up until the point where we had to drive home from Daytona Beach. That's right. no, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. It was somebody else. But uh... Well, it's funny that we're just talking about what to do with your tax return. Here's a question. How do you best manage the capital that you have for your business? Big thanks to On Deck for supporting our podcast. Small business owners, if you need capital to manage cash flow, purchase inventory, or upgrade your office space, you know that getting access to capital is incredibly challenging. And most traditional banks lack the technology and resources to truly understand what the heck you're going through as a small business owner. On Deck's 100% committed to small business owners with fast, easy, and tailored financing. So whether it's a term loan or a line of credit, their loan specialist can help you secure the funding you need. You're going to get a decision in minutes and funding comes as fast as 24 hours. On Deck doesn't require any business collateral. Their application process is simple. It won't impact your personal credit. And if you know anything about banking and how amazing that is, you know what On Deck is uh, is actually bringing to the table here. So difficult if you're a business owner to walk into a bank branch, lay everything out and say, and that's why I need a million dollars. The banker looks at you and they say, but what's your FICO? You're like, oh, God. Did you not hear all the other parts? I, I had our di- presentations, dude. Or better yet, how about some of the discussions that you've had, OG, when you're like, hey, so this investment will bring in X amount of money, which more than covers the payment itself without even looking at anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. It is crazy. 
Well, OnDeck doesn't require any business collateral. The application process is simple, as I mentioned. Better yet, with over $10 billion in loans and an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, I think that says a lot about OnDeck and exactly who they are. Here's the deal. If you're listening to this, OnDeck has a special deal for the Stacky Benjamins family. They have U.S.-based loan specialists that can walk you through exactly what might fit and what wouldn't be a fit when you work with OnDeck. So they're offering a free consultation with one of those U.S.-based loan specialists. For more information, head to OnDeck.com slash SB. That's OnDeck.com slash SB to take advantage of that free consultation. So uh, time for one of our listeners to get a tax refund check. Uh, let's have a last word on this. Paula, your last word on tax refunds. There is a certain psychological benefit to picking one goal and just maxing that out. So if you can use your tax refund to, in one lump sum, contribute your entire, make your entire IRA contribution for the year, just six grand, boom, you're done. IRA is done for the year. There's a lot of really satisfying psychological victory that comes from that. So I'd say my top tip is to the best extent possible, instead of dividing it up among many goals, apply the entire refund to one goal. OG? I like that. All on one thing. Um, you know, you just got to make a list of the priorities that you have for the year and and figure out something that you can knock out. You know, if you happen to get a really big tax refund and you owe... 6,200 bucks on a car, but your refund was $4,200. Scrape together the other $2,000 and get the car gone. You know, like just do something crazy big all on one particular thing. I like that idea. It was a term you used, Sandy, earlier, not snippet at the goal, but whacking at it or something. Chopping away. Chopping away. Yeah. (laughs) That's the one. And you're the guest of honor. So you get the last word on this. Your big tip for, uh, for tax refunds. Well, I agree with Paula and and OG, but patience, always remember just patience. Eventually you'll be able to splurge, but first just focus on what you need to get done. Well, normally it's time for FinTech Friday, but today it's going to be Career Friday because if you're somebody who's thinking about changing your career and you've wondered about more purpose in your career, well, we've got a great guest for you today. TIAA has joined up with LinkedIn to create Career Purpose by TIAA. It's a joint project with LinkedIn and TIAA, of course, to help professionals find successful and fulfilling careers. Lots of stuff going on on this portal. And I thought with so many people that are frustrated with their career and want more enjoyment out of life. I mean, you don't want to spend your whole life doing something you absolutely hate. I think that's part of why the fire movement is so successful right now. A lot of people examining, what am I doing with my life? So if you're on that train, got a great guest for you today. Mark Elliott is Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at TIA. And we're about to talk to him on my dad shortwave right now about career purpose. And here to discuss career purpose with us from TIAA, it's Mark Elliott. How are you, Mark? I'm great. Thanks. How are you? Well, I'm fantastic. I love this idea 
of helping people maybe find a better career fit? Because you and I have seen the statistics. There's so many people out there who are unhappy with what they're currently doing. Well, that's right. And we think it's really important for us to provide support for those who really are seeking to live lives, not just based on making money, but around purpose in their career. TIAA has served those people for over 100 years now, largely in retirement, and we really saw an opportunity to begin to serve people more broadly throughout their entire career journey. How did this partnership begin, though? Because I know this is a joint venture with LinkedIn, and how did that relationship begin? One of the things we saw in a lot of our research is that the younger generations were seeking out career guidance and development and really were being underserved. At the same time, we also saw that LinkedIn was building a larger and larger ecosystem around uh, the professional network, around the job boards, and they were able to provide to us some support and scale to get this off the ground really quickly. From our perspective and you know, from a business perspective, aligning ourselves with LinkedIn, aligning ourselves with this kind of utility speaks to our brand It gives us an opportunity to deepen our association with people who are looking to live lives of purpose and careers with purpose. And we really aspire to be there for them for their entire financial life journey. Now, I know that this was originally designed for a lot of the people that TIA serves, people working in nonprofits. But as I go to careerpurpose.com, I find there's a lot here, even for people working in for-profit fields. Sure. Well, as you note, this is a content-driven platform with a series of elements really provided to create utility for those seeking to make the world a better place and live careers with purpose. And one of the things that we have found is that that's not necessarily unique and explicit around not-for-profit. There are increasingly more people who seek to find that purpose in their career outside of the not-for-profit space. Um, This clearly outlines why we launched this program. We did it to support people in our current core, but also beyond. And there are a lot of different areas. Our, our core in education and healthcare, to be sure, is, is where we have a lot of our content. But as you, as you mentioned and as you bring up, we see opportunities for people to live life with purpose and careers with purpose outside of those specific areas. For people walking the dog or maybe they're on their commute and they don't have the web in front of them, if they go to careerpurpose.com, walk us through it, Mark. What are people going to find there? Sure. Well, there's a lot of different content that they're going to find there, and, and some of the different areas are education, healthcare, but even into some functional areas such as operations, sales, and some other areas as well. We really wanted to make sure that we could cover a lot of different areas and have a lot of content that would be appealing to different people. It starts with Learn More, which really outlines what the platform is, how it works, and why it's important for people as they think about their career. You know, transparency is an important part of our system here and our values at TIA, and we really take pride in this section. There are about 40 unique pieces of content, ranging from people just starting their career, people looking at options later in life, and by mid to late March, we'll actually be up to about 60 elements. Wow, that's cool. Can you, you know, you know, Mark, as well as anybody, nobody listens to the show. So you can you can share with us any secrets that uh, might be coming soon. I, unfortunately, I, I don't know the secrets. I've got my team working on it as we speak. <laughs> and one of the things we're really trying to do, and, and this, is a, this is a test for us, is we're looking at what pieces of content are the most engaging from this early launch 
And that's really going to define where we go next. So rather than have a prescriptive sense of what we think people want, we really want to make sure it reflects what the marketplace and what people are telling us in terms of where their interests lie. So I just clicked on Get Started With Your Career, and people can save their favorite articles, videos, infographics. So when I, when I sign in, I'm signing in through my LinkedIn profile, and then I just save the pieces that are important to me? That's right. And there's also training opportunities, and increasingly there'll be even more advice from leaders who found purpose and meaning in their careers. People searching for a job are seamlessly directed back to the LinkedIn search page where they can view specific job listings related to their interests. So we're really trying to create an ecosystem that not only delivers specific content and and sparks ideas for people as they're pursuing their career, either initially or later in life, but also then is actionable back to looking at some specific areas that might be of interest to them as they potentially go through a job search. I notice it sounds like people will get a lot more out of it if they do have a LinkedIn profile, but I noticed I clicked on a few things on the site. You don't necessarily have to have a LinkedIn profile to get something out of career purpose. You don't. It's free. We're hoping people take advantage of it. You do not have to have a LinkedIn profile in order to access the content. Uh, If you do have a profile and we are able to personalize it better for you and find those opportunities proactively that might be more relevant to you based on your interests, you can get more out of it, but but absolutely, you really don't have to have one. And as I mentioned earlier, if you're walking your dog, you're on your commute, you might be up for the morning run, whatever. We've got you covered. We've got the link to Career Purpose on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Mark, thanks a ton for hanging out with us for a few minutes and explaining Career Purpose to us. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and wow, is there a lot on the calendar today. I mean, first, can you say happy birthday, Galileo? Galileo! (laughs) That's right. Mr. Galileo turned 464 years young today. Second, it's Susan B. Anthony Day. That's definitely something we could talk about today, but I think we should focus on the elephant in the room, that thing that you're all thinking of but just don't want to talk about. Today is Annoy Squidward Day. And if you aren't familiar with that day, then you are one of two listeners to this show that isn't a huge SpongeBob SquarePants fan. It's just our kind of humor. Anyway, let's pay tribute to the series that's brought us all love, fun, and not to mention a lot of money for the creators. So here's your question. What year did the SpongeBob SquarePants show debut? All right. We explained the complicated rules to this game to Sandy backstage. Very complicated, Sandy. Yeah, it is. I'm nervous. <laughs> well, you, well, there's no need to be nervous <laughs> because you're, pay, you're playing on behalf of Len. And for those of you not following the score at home, all three of our contributors playing for the big prize at the end of the year. It's so big, we haven't named it yet, which is code for we have no idea what the hell we're playing this for. <laughs> but Len has one. Paula has two and OG has three. So Sandy, there's nowhere to go but up. Oh gosh, there's a lot of pressure. No, there, um, there, but no, okay. no, 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 no. There's no pressure because there's nowhere to go but up. So, but I could tie it. Len could tie it with Paula today if I win this. Absolutely, but there's no there's no heat though. I mean, when you're in last, you know, it doesn't matter. So, and but, that's true. But you do get to choose whether you go first in the middle or last on this question. Which one do you want to guess? Uh, last. Absolutely correct. And Paula, do you want to go first or in the middle? 
I'll go in the middle. Huh, that's weird. As if you guys <laughs> knew what you were doing. Which means, OG, <laughs> you get to go first. The SpongeBob SquarePants show, when did it debut? You're a big fan. I don't mind like kids' cartoons, but this is so bad. Always. <laughs> I had to watch the movie and I think I literally put my headphones on and watched something else on my phone while my kids watched it. All right. So SpongeBob, um, when did it start? Back in aught six. I don't have any flipping idea. I'm going to say, uh, <laughs> 1996, 1996, Paula. Uh, you're wow. a big you're a big SpongeBob fan. I am not. I'm a big Simpsons fan. Huge Simpsons fan. Yeah, I could have been I could have got all the Simpsons trivia correct. Yeah, exactly. But oh, SpongeBob. I'm going to guess they've been around for maybe a dozen years, so I'm just going to say 2007. 2007. Well, then Sandy, that's a conundrum. We've got OG at 96, Paula at 2007. What you thinking? You're a big SpongeBob fan. I should be, because Sandy, right? Isn't that a character on yes. SpongeBob? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say 1994. <laughs> 1994. All right. I don't know if you saw yesterday, but uh, Grammarly Weekly gives us OG a report card of, of how we're doing. And it turns out that I know all the best words. Did you see my reply? I did see your reply. You knew one word very well. <laughs> that was a report I got. They're like, wow, you are an expert at that one word. You got that word it, down. It's in every sentence, every connotation. Very well done. You can use it as a verb, as an adjective, as a noun. You are. You can string two of them together and compliment the other one. You're flexible with that word. No, 90, 99% higher vocabulary for me than anybody else that uses Grammarly. You're welcome, people. You nice. are welcome. Yes. Humble brag. Oh, no, I wasn't bragging about it. I was just talking about how great Grammarly is for recognizing that. I just think uh, Grammarly's awesome. Thanks to Grammarly for supporting Stacking Benjamins. Grammarly, if you're wondering what the heck we're talking about, they're a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. It's funny that they said that they said that I knew more words or use more words than most people in my writing, but at the same time, I use way too many ellipses and I don't put enough commas in stuff. I've I've the opposite problem that other people have. I use way too few commas instead of too many. But regardless, very effectively, Grammarly encourages all of us, even the best students and top professionals, to use Grammarly to do their best work and accomplish even more of their goals. So what is it? It's a writing assistant that makes you look and sound smarter. You can start off the new year here by easily improving yourself and your communication at school, work, and almost anywhere with Grammarly. They help people show their best self through writing and are available across platforms, including online browser extensions. That's what I use. Desktop editor and a mobile keyboard checker. That's what OG uses is on his phone, the mobile keyboard checker. Their free product reviews critical spelling and grammar. I use Grammarly Premium. That looks out for spelling, grammar, plus advanced punctuation, structure, style within context, vocabulary suggestions, conciseness, and readability for different occasions like business proposals, academic essays, casual blog posts, that kind of thing. 
So that way you can stop making email typos when you're typing with your thumbs on your phone. You can close more deals at work this year with email, polish your resume to get the new job, whatever it might be. Head to Grammarly.com forward slash SB and you're going to get 20% off your Grammarly premium account today. That's Grammarly.com forward slash SB for 20% off your Grammarly premium account. OG96, any thought process behind that? None whatsoever. I, <laughs> my thought process is is that 20 years of TV goes by so fast. So even though it seems like maybe it was a lot closer than that, I'm still going, it's about 20 years. I, I, nothing to base that on. I just, you know. Paul, 11 years ago is your guess at 2007. There must have been some science behind that. Uh, my thinking was that The Simpsons has been around for 30 years, and I would give them maybe ballpark a third of that time. Ah, and Sandy, 1994, I bet you were there for the first one. Uh, no, I just didn't want to go over. So <laughs> I just picked a smaller number. <laughs> All right. Well, then you should have chosen the year one. You could have well, done it. <laughs> yes, I could have. <laughs> could have done it that way. All right, Doug, what's the answer to our trivia? Welcome back to your Bikini Bottom Trivia. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. You know, I'm technically not supposed to tell you this, but, ah, what the heck. It's been a while, and I'm out of the movie game now anyway. Hey, anyone remember that David Hasselhoff from the original SpongeBob movie a while back? Old Dave actually got too busy to start in the movie, but the producers had already promised everyone the Hasselhoff. Instead... They called me up and used my body as a model in place of David. Throw in a little CGI with the Hoff's face and boom! You got yourself a famous actor right there. That's what you got. Don't believe me? That's on you, pal. And don't ask for autographs later. Now, let's get back to your trivia. Before the break, I asked you this question. What year did the SpongeBob SquarePants show debut? Your answer? Well, if you said 1999... Head on down to the Krusty Krab and get a signature Krabby Patty on us. Get it wrong? Sorry, but you're going to have to cough up your own clams for lunch, pal. See ya! Whoa! Two weeks in a row. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Uh, I was notch way off. <laughs> notch another one in the OG belt. <laughs> uh, Impressive. OG's pulling ahead. It is unbelievable. Yep. I would have never yep. thought that See, would have been the case. That's kind of what I meant. Like it's just like it's been around for twenty years. It just doesn't, you know, feel like it. But you know, I thought it was going to be closer to the early '90s. So I thought Sandy had that one. Okay. Well, she would have been over at '94. <laughs> well, I mean, '94, '95 ish. Yeah. Paula. Yeah. Well, anyway, big win again for me. Yeah, Paula. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I heard both of you start the year with 19, I was like, no, <laughs> nah, no way. Oh, that's great. Well, let's move on. Let's take out the magnifying glass, guys, and help somebody do better with their money. Today's hotline call comes to you courtesy of magnifymoney.com. When you head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, you know what happens then, Sandy? What? 
you find that those financial products you use every day, they're nowhere near the best in class. Over 92% of the products available online, all ranked at Magnify Money. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money for more. In fact, I love it when I hear people say, I went to Magnify Money using our link and we found better stuff like better savings accounts, checking accounts, credit cards with reward points if you pay off your bills on time every month. If you don't, then pay less interest to the man and uh, look at consolidation loans. But for today, let's help magnify Austin's money. Say hi, Austin. Hey, Joe, G, Mom, and Doug. Uh, calling with a question about uh, my student loans. Uh, I currently have a $30,000 student loan balance. This is down from about 50000 two years ago. I feel like in 2019, I could actually pay these down in full and uh, be done with them by decreasing my retirement contributions. I've also been contributing to my retirement at the same time as paying these, though I've always heard it's time in the market, not timing the market. So it makes me a little uncomfortable to not contribute to my retirement in 2019. I wanted to see your thoughts. My current interest rate's 5.375 on the loans. Should I just be done with the loans and, uh, and really commit to this year and pause on retirement, or should I be contributing to retirement at the same time as I try to reach this goal? Thanks. Hopefully I'll learn something for once on this podcast, and uh, I'm just here for the t-shirt. See ya. I love how honest our listeners are. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. Just here for the shirt. Ask you a question I really don't care about because I know you're not going to answer it. But that's why we have Sandy here. Sandy, he thinks he might be able to pay out these loans off. Does he do it and pause his retirement or should he keep saving for retirement? Well, first, I love this kid. I love this kid because first he's actually trying to be proactive with his college debt. Cause I know so many kids that just throw their hands up in the air and be like, okay, forget it. It's too big of a number. I'm not going to even try to tackle it. So impressive how much he's already chopped away at this debt, but it makes me nervous when he says stop the retirement because that is a wealth building tool. So if you look at it, and again, I'm not the biggest uh, on on numbers, but you do kind of have to play a numbers game with 5% interest. It's not like crazy credit card interest, right? Where you should tackle that first. It's kind of like middle of the road interest. If he were to stop contributing to the 401k, he's going to lose out on so much money, right? Let's say he gives $1,000 every month for a year. That's $12,000 in his 401k. That is also going to accumulate, but just $12,000. If he stopped doing that in his paycheck, it won't equal $12,000. It'll be less than ten. dollars So he already right there took a hit. So I say just find another way to generate revenue. Like Paula has always said, you know, there are other ways to, to bring in income. Find another way to, to pay off the debt. Don't touch your 401k or retirement plan. When you talk about the fact that it, you get more money in the 401k, just to clarify for people that don't know what you're talking about, you're talking about because that money's pre-tax. So more money's actually going toward that to accumulate over time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good. So if you're going to put it in your paycheck, now that that $100 or whatever, let's say a month or a thousand or whatever it is, is, is not going to be the $1,000 because it's going to get taxed. So now it's only a percentage of yeah. that in your paycheck they can actually use to pay something else off. But Paula, it's only one year. It's only one year. Mm. So I have a couple of thoughts on this. One is that as a, first of all, if he gets any type of employer match on his 401k or 403b or any other retirement contributions, absolutely 100% max out the employer match because that is 
the best and only guaranteed return in the world of investing. So we'll start with that baseline. He should get his full employer match. And then after that, behaviorally, I don't like the idea of ceasing retirement contributions just this once because it opens the floodgates for that type of behavior to continue to persist later when he has some medical bills, when he needs to pay for a wedding. There's a bunch of uh, bills associated with the childbirth. Maybe there are some complications. There are always going to be reasons to cease your retirement contributions. And if you let that become an option, then you've let it become an option. Now, that being said, I don't know how much he's contributing for retirement, so he can toy with the percentages, but I wouldn't stop them completely. The benefit to having the student loans paid off is that that frees up a significant amount of cash flow, which can then get put into retirement savings. So I wouldn't stop retirement contributions completely, but I could see a case for dialing them down significantly, shoveling money into student loans, and then once the loans are paid off, taking all of that excess cash flow, the money that you used to use to pay towards your student loans, and then just shoveling that into your retirement accounts. What about Sandy's idea of other sources of income to pay it off and leave your retirement strategy alone? I think that's fantastic. But if you're going to start a business, there's typically a runway or a lead time before you start making money. So it depends on, are we talking gig economy stuff like walking dogs on Rover or renting out your car on Turo where you can start making money immediately? Or are we talking about starting a more scalable business, which might have a longer term payoff, but you might not make any money for the first year. But this, in this case, then I think you go with that gig economy stuff because you've got one goal and that's to pay off this debt. Yeah. I mean, if, if he wants to do gig economy stuff, go for it. That's a great way to have the best of both worlds. Have your cake and sell it too. Have your cake and sell it. How do you know what that means? But it sounds great. <laughs> it's like have your cake and eat it too, but instead of consumption, it's production. But if I can have cake and sell it, OG, I'm all about that. I don't even know why I'm here today. Like <laughs> all of the good answers are taken every time you come to me. I mean, I did win the trivia. I don't know if you guys are around for that part, but, um, <laughs> but that was a big, that was a big win. Um, So I guess my opinion on this is similar to Paula's with a slight deviation. I agree 100% on the company matching contributions. If you receive any sort of employer match, you have to contribute up to that. That's a no-brainer. But above that, you know, you said he went from 50 to 30 in the last two years. So so roughly $10,000 of principal payments in the last two years. And then we don't know how much he's contributing to his retirement plan. But it sounds like he's doing like 20 grand it because he said, hey, I can probably get all this paid off this year if I really tried really hard because he's got 30 grand left. So he's getting 20 in his 401k, let's say. So he's maxing it out and putting 10 on the student loans. I would look at it from the perspective of what makes you there, there is no right answer to this. But what makes you what makes you happier on December the 31st? So you're having a you know, a little bubbly or something like that. And you think back on the year and you say, boy, I'm really glad I dropped another 20 grand in my 401k and it went up or went down or did whatever it did. But damn, I still have another 20 grand left on my student loans. Or 
do you say, I am so happy I'm done with my student loans. And now not only do I have $30,000 I can invest for retirement because that's what I did this year. I have all the future payments and things like that. You know, this is a, uh, I think a personal decision, notwithstanding the company matching contributions, because it sounds like he's demonstrated some pretty aggressive payoff and savings abilities already. So I wouldn't be so concerned with the, what happens if I don't come back to it or what happens if I decide later on in the future to suspend my contributions for whatever purpose seems like it might be a one-time thing. So I don't know. I think if it were me, I'd probably pay off the student loans. And why? There is no pillow as soft as not owing anybody any money. Would you do like Sandy's talking about and take out another job to... Uh, take out another take job. Take out another Dude, job. I already got three of them, brother. <laughs> like, how many more do you want me to have? I was thinking about what Paula said about like, sometimes it takes a long time for business to make money. I'm thinking like, well, we're on year eight, I think. So... <laughs> Someday, this is the year, man. Obviously, if there's an opportunity to earn more money, you want to take advantage of that. You know, if you've got free time and you're, you know, young and single and you have energy and you feel like making more money, like do it. Um, young and have more energy. I love that. Great. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Dad, weren't you just 40 like recently and now you're 41? You're getting old fast. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Thanks for that, kiddos. But can I ask a question then? Why? So the interest that you pay on this loan, right? He's going to probably pay it off in two or three years if he's going at the same rate as he has been, right? Right. So yeah. the interest of three years, doesn't that pale in comparison to what you could be making if you kept it in the retirement? Well, sure. I think that from a mathematical standpoint and looking at a really small period of time, I always like to think that this is one of those Murphy's law things where it doesn't matter what you pick, you're going to end up picking wrong. If you do the investment side, then the market's going to go straight down for two years and you're going to go, well, hell, I should have just paid off my student loans. You know, I put 20 grand in my 401k and it's only worth 15 now. It will also work the other way. If he suspends contributions in his retirement plans for the next year, the market's going to go up 48% and He's going to go, well, hell, I wish I would have put all my money in my, I wish I would have borrowed money to put money in my 401k, you know, but um, the interest rate arbitrage, I think discussion is exceptionally sexy because of how seductive it sounds, but quite often it doesn't work that way in practice because people don't like stick with it long enough. Mm. And so, so yeah, you end up with like, in this case, it's such a short time period you know, you'd say, okay, well, the market might return, let's say 9% over the next couple of years, you know, if it's an average year, maybe, and I'm paying five. So I'm picking up 4% on $30,000. You're talking about, you know, a thousand dollar swing now compounded over the next 50 years, sure. It turns into some money, but I don't see that. Now, if you're, if you're using that argument for something like, should I have a 30 year mortgage on my house and invest a difference type of thing? You know, now you've got a long time horizon that that kind of compounds. I just personally, I like the idea of not owing anybody any money. It just sounds really cool. Thanks for the question, Austin. And, and I got to agree with Sandy. I love the fact that Austin in the driver's seat on his student loans. Uh, great question to ask. How do I pay these down as fast as possible and not screw over my retirement? Nice job. If you've got a question for the show, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. And you too, like Austin, can ask a question that we won't answer and you'll still get a t-shirt. How about that? 
We actually, I think we did a pretty good job of answering that question. I liked all of our answers today. <laughs> Let's see what's going on with uh, you guys here, because this is going to do it for today. OG, what do you got going on this week? Well, it's uh, Valentine's Day weekend. It was Valentine's Day yesterday, so we're going to do a little uh, little wine and dinner this evening, and then uh, it's also President's Day weekend. So, to honor Abraham Lincoln, I guess, and maybe some other ones, my kids don't have to go to school for <laughs> just one day. But it seems like they just had a half a day a couple of weeks ago, and another day off a couple of weeks before that, and two weeks several weeks before that off, but apparently they need another day off. They've just been going to school for so long now without a break, except for the weekends that they need to have another day to recover. So I wish I knew how- to watch my kids play Fortnite I, I, for 17 hours. I, I wish I knew how you felt about the day off. If you <laughs> right. also PS, I'm not coming to work on Monday. It's president's day. I don't know if you know anything about it, but it's really an important holiday that you're supposed to take a lot of time for personal reflection and uh, Paula, Paula, what do you do with your President's Day off from the Afford Anything podcast? I, I think about how much I really liked Chester A. Arthur and Rutherford B. Hayes, Hayes and Calvin yeah. Coolidge. Well, let's not get too crazy. <laughs> Silent Cal, as they call him. Speaking of guys named Cal, Cal Newport is a guest on my podcast, the Afford Anything podcast, and the interview that we, Cal and I Joe, how is that for a transition, by the way? I, I, I'm so jealous. I know, right? <laughs> even, right? I, even Sandy <laughs> saw that transition coming. Yep, I did. I respected that transition. That that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I just went from Calvin Coolidge to a Georgetown professor. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! Mic drop. <laughs> So, tune into the Afford Anything podcast to hear my interview with Dr. Calvin Newport. Also, I've got Tanya Hester coming on the show to discuss how she retired at the age of 38 and her new book, Work Optional. Awesome. When you'll find all of that on the Afford Anything podcast. And Sandy, thanks a ton for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. Well, what's going on at the Seven Figures podcast? As if I didn't already talk enough about it in the beginning. That's fine. (laughs) Bring it. Our goal, again, is to be financially confident, right? Just be aware of what's going on. So we're now trying to work to get a handful of people, maybe two or three people who are in the midst of being the caregiver for their elderly parent. Mm. And we're going to learn from their experiences. What was the big, oh my gosh, I wish somebody told me moment And then we'll have an expert to an elderly uh, care attorney with us to kind of weed through some of the the misconceptions. There's so much advice out there and you don't know who to trust. So that's our that's our main focus right now. Boy, you know, it's called the seven figures podcast. That episode could be called eating through seven figures podcast. (laughs) It could be. And you are going to be on it. Oh, you you are the most recent interview. That's probably the best interview ever on the show. Absolutely. It is. <laughs> you can t- Hands down. You can t- I could just hang it up and retire now. That's the, the people can tune in and hear more me. Just what everybody wants. <laughs> That's fantastic. And, and you can get the seven figures podcast wherever you're listening to this one. Correct. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. And by the way, we'll link to all Sandy stuff except for email because it blocks me here <laughs> on our podcast. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. All right, Doug, that's going to do it for today, man. What should we have learned today? So, what did we learn today? First, take some advice from Sandy Waters and the gang. If you're receiving a tax refund this year, use it to improve your financial situation. Hopefully next year you'll be able to use it to pull even further ahead if you build a foundation today. I told you it was stupid and boring. I want that phone, Joe. Anyway, second, take some advice from TIAA's Mark Elliott and sharpen the saw when it comes to your career. But the big lesson? Turns out it's not true that you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up, Doug. I wanted to be an announcer on a hit podcast and look where I ended up. Thank goodness for reincarnation, huh? Special thanks to Sandy Waters. You can find her podcast, Seven Figures with Sandy Waters, wherever you're listening to Stacking Benjamins. Another special thanks to Mark Elliott from TIAA for stopping by. You can find tools for a more fulfilling career at careerpurpose.com. Paula Pant appears courtesy of affordanything.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I swear the worst part about coming over to Joe's mom's house is having to put on square pants. <laughs> SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests, in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Welcome to the after show, the part of the show that doesn't exist. For those of you new to the after show, what happens here stays here. We do not talk about it. And after we rickrolled everybody last week with our, with our after show, that we should might, maybe should have a real one. We're recording this after the few days after the Super Bowl. So let's talk about uh, Super Bowl commercials because I'm, I'm very interested. Paula Pant actually watched a Super Bowl. I did. I watch all the Super Bowls. I don't know who's playing, but I I go for the commercials and the food. Yeah. Sandy's <laughs> halftime show. Do you go for the halftime show, Paula? I wouldn't go specifically for it, but since it's on anyway, I'll watch it. But really, I'm interested in the food and the commercials. Adam Levine taking a lot of heat uh, for the halftime show, uh, Maroon 5. Sandy, did you watch the halftime show? 
I did. And now I'm going to sound very old and motherly like, but I was appalled. Were I was you? like, what happened to the Super Bowl family friendly halftime show? Just had. beeping out every fourth word. Yes. Where my kids were like, why is something wrong with our TV? I'm like, no, that man is choosing to make bad choices with his language. <laughs> and then my little nephew is trying to, trying to mimic Adam Levine, which is, I don't know. I was not impressed. <laughs> that guy's got a lot of tattoos. OG. Yeah. I've got one that says, uh, Stacking Benjamin as it goes right across my stomach, too. <laughs> in, in fact, California. In fact, OG like just ripped off his shirt on live podcast just now. You got to put that back on. I did. The, uh, <laughs> there was a comedian that somebody said, uh, I, I can't remember who said it now, Lewis Black or something said, How come, how come you never see anybody with tattoos that says, like, North Dakota? You know, tattooed around his <laughs> North stomach Dakota. Or, you know, Wyoming. Why is it always California or New York? What movie was that? Paula won't know this one. What movie was that where the guy had the tattoo, like the potential boyfriend or the boyfriend had a tattoo that said no regrets, but it was regrets with an A? <laughs> no, like he, he well, there's a Snickers commercial where he where he uh, gets the tattoo. It says no regrets. <laughs> That's good. Oh, the guy had had a Snickers yet. What's it called? We are the Millers or Meet the Millers? I think it's oh, the Millers. Yeah, Millers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, meet. Uh, we. We're the Millers. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. We're the Millers. Yep. There Paul, you go. Paula, help us Sedakis. out with that one. Sedacus. Uh, you know, I was going to say you had a perfect opportunity for a transition there because you just mentioned a Snickers commercial. And speaking of commercials. Speaking of, <laughs> Paul's like, let's get on with it and talk about the main event, which is our favorite commercials. What was your favorite? Mine? Yeah, no. Yes. <laughs> you brought okay. it up. I know. <laughs> uh, well, I'd say, so my favorite commercial, it was uh, an ad for the world's best, that television show that aired right after the Super Bowl. And it was it was very sweet. It was this commercial featuring a woman who had been playing the violin ever since she was a little kid. And she, when she was 20, she was in a car accident. She lost an arm and now through a uh, prosthetic arm, she can play the violin again. Wow. So the funny ones didn't, uh, didn't resonate with you. The, the very nice, nice one did. Well, the thing was I was at a party and it was so loud that I couldn't hear the dialogue. Oh yeah. yeah. So that one, which had this like beautiful emotional appeal, there was enough happening visually on the screen where I could grasp what was going on. But with just all of the noise in the room, I I missed a lot of the commercials. Sandy, did you like that commercial? I missed that one. I did I, too. I, totally I did, did miss it, but now I wish I saw it. The one that resonated with me, and I don't know if anyone else saw it, was I think it was Christina Applegate where she was driving her car and you could hear the kids fighting in the background. And she's like, stop it, stop it. And then she just loses her cool, slams on the brakes, turns around and yells at the kids and it's M&Ms. Okay. The kids Hysterical. are all, the kids are all M&Ms. Yes. They're M&Ms. <laughs> but for me, I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. It's not just me. The crazy mom who slams on the brakes to shut the kids up. No, <laughs> <laughs> you've done some of your videos where you guys are chatting in your car while you're driving. I, yes. Yeah. We, Hey, you know what? If they are all on social media, I'm going to be on social media too. And we're going to use this as a way to bond. This is how I bond with my teenager. 
<laughs> social media. Yeah. And if you've ever watched those videos, whether they want to or not. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's, uh, it, it, it's funny. I remember, well, actually, we can talk about that another time, <laughs> about me yelling at my kids while I should have been paying more attention to the road. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Yeah, man. Never yell at my kids. You guys are all bad parents. Y- yeah, yeah your kids play Fortnite for 19 hours, apparently. Yeah, so? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, your favorite one, OG? I don't yell at them. You know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with Sandy and Paul. I didn't... I don't really watch too much of the commercials because we were having a party and it was the game was so uneventful and boring that it was really just hanging out with friends and chatting and oh look uh, another interception or another punt or whatever there was no you know up until I, I I literally looked at the at the game clock and said oh my gosh there's only like four minutes left in this whole game oh we should watch it now and then we you know we all kind of congregated and watched the uh, watched the last few minutes but. Um, no, I, you know, I caught a couple of them, but nothing really stuck out to me as being, you know, super awesome. Although I'm, I did the same thing that Sandy's kids did. I kept on going, what the hell's wrong with the TV? Why does it keep cutting out? <laughs> and I'm, going, I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is a, this is Sonos, man. It's not supposed to do that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I wasn't listening. So I guess he was using inappropriate language. Yes. Appalling, Choosing right? to. Mm-hmm. It happens on occasion. <laughs> Joe mainly, but <laughs> I like the I like the pre-show thing they did with Peyton Manning. They had Peyton Manning like planning out how they were going to do the pre-show from the Coliseum, and all the NFL execs. And it's funny because they called him at one point. They said, "Well, you know the the MVP," and he's like a, a, two, a two-time two-time MVP. And he <laughs> get, he goes, "What?" The guy goes, "Excuse me." He goes, "Yeah, well, you know, I'm." I, I heard you say MVP, and you, it, you should have said two time. I understand; it's no big deal. Actually, you know what? I I did catch the NFL 100 commercial. That, where they had all the old NFL players out there, kind of doing their thing, like whatever they were kind of known for. Or a lot of people gave I that, that was best cool. best of. A lot of places gave that best commercial. Said I that, was that was best commercial. Cool. You know, I, Barry Sanders is out there. Yeah, Ed Reed. I like the you know? I like the Andy Warhol eating the Big Mac commercial or not I Big Mac. The, the, I didn't the, get the joke. The Whopper. There was no joke. It wasn't a joke. So what happened was they had paid. It was some artsy movie from the 1980s and uh, Burger King had wanted to get the rights to that forever and they couldn't get the rights to it. And finally they got the rights to it and it was just a quiet, just him eating the Big Mac. That was it. There was no joke. Just weird and I thought it was pretty cool. It was so different. And then... Uh, and What's that, the point? The point was it was so different. <laughs> it, it was, it's like a dude eating a cheeseburger? It's Andy Warhol eating a Whopper. I don't know who that is. You don't know who Andy Warhol is? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, boy. Paula. Even I know that one. <laughs> no. Paula. I know the name. I don't know him. Oh, boy. I don't know what he does or did. Is he alive still? He, he was a kicker in the NFL who had the most points ever. <laughs> that I know was... Bullshit. <laughs> you can't trick me with football trivia. That I know. And then the the other one I liked was the guy who is in the field. He's in like the wheat field and he comes up to this farmhouse and he sees grandpa. He's yes. like, grandpa. I did see that one. Yeah. And it turns that out one. that he almost dies choking on something. The audio yeah. commercial. That one. So did, did you like, do you see that one, Sandy? 
I did not. No. Oh, that was so. I was too busy in the kitchen gossiping with my uh, with the girls. <laughs> Paul, Paul, you saw that one. Yeah, that one was a good one. I really like that one. I also like the one with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and the dude from The Big Lebowski. Oh dude. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, and they're both drinking a Stella Artois, and it just shows how, whether you're fancy like Carrie from Sex and the City, or whether you're just super casual like the dude, this beer applies to you regardless. Drinking a Stella. The Dosecki's guy was in it too. He was oh, that's right. Yeah, the Dosecki's guy was there, the most interesting man in the world. Walmart had a commercial like that just before it started where they had all kinds of different cars pulling in to get the package pickup. They had the Scooby-Doo van and the uh, Back to the Future. And did you see that one? The um, uh, Knight Rider car. Like every iconic car, the Griswolds car from Mm. Vacation. Like they had all these iconic cars. And it was pretty fun watching the commercial and trying to name them all. Paula would have struck out. <laughs> Never got. I definitely would have lost that trivia. Okay, you know the one that confused me was the Game of Thrones Bud Light commercial, where it seemed like they were advertising both of them together. It was yeah. It was, it was yeah. It was like Game of Thrones did what they usually do and took out the star of the Bud Light commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get that one. Put that put that one in conjunction with the dude eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> I'm so glad that somebody actually wrote a check for like seven million dollars for that though, because they're not going to get an ROI. Whatever I, they were selling. Are you kidding me? Didn't. That's all I read about. That's all I read about after the Super Bowl was Andy Warhol eating eating a Big Mac or excuse me a Whopper. <laughs> See, I, <I'm> <laughs> very good, effective marketing. Asked and right answered, on. Your Honor. <laughs> Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.